All righty. Welcome back to the Financial Guys radio show here on the Financial Guys Media Network. A lot going on, Stefan, in Buffalo, New York. I should introduce us first. Mike Sparaza here today with Stefan Mahailu. Mike and Glenn are off this weekend. Um, wanted to get right into that because it's getting crazy out there, Stefan. Absolute scum who yeah. decided to loot businesses and rob people. And everyone complains about a food desert in my old neighborhood, the east side of Buffalo. And it was despicable behavior on so many different levels that we saw people stealing not taking food and essentials, but looting for the sake of looting. They are the lowest of the low, and, and Mayor Byron Brown is right. They're scum. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad to see what people do to their own city or their own community. Uh, and we're, we're going to talk to a couple business uh, managers, uh, store managers, later on in the show. But it is really, really sad to see that people just trash their community. And, and to be honest with you, Stefan, and leadership, I know Byron Brown did. He's the only one I've heard so far that has come out and said this is unacceptable. Leadership needs to stop this madness once and for all. We dealt with it in the summer of love. We know how that is. And now here we are two years later, two and a half years later, and now we're doing it for weather emergencies. Folks, you are not going to want to turn the dial. You're going to want to listen to two hours of this radio show because you're going to hear from business owners that poured their blood, their sweat, their tears, and their money into building businesses on the east side of Buffalo, in the city of Buffalo. And what's the thanks they got? They got their businesses trashed. Trashed. Businesses that could have gone, and now they may leave for good, creating a massive food desert on the east side. Why? Because scumbags decided to loot and rob and steal and take advantage of a crisis and a blizzard. And I, I honestly, uh, if I'm the business owner we're speaking of, or the few business owners, or the 10 or 20 business owners that were looted, robbed, uh, burglarized, there is no chance I'm even considering reopening that. Even if the government gave me $500,000 to reopen, I'm taking my shop, I'm going out to the suburbs, I'm going out to somewhere that I know, not only, Stefan, that your inventory is safe, that your building is safe, that your store is safe, to me, as an employer of people, it's that my employees are safe. And look, you mentioned Byron Brown. To his credit, he called out those scumbags who were lead looting and robbing and stealing, saying they're the lowest of the low. He's right. You know who else is lowest of the low? Erie County Executive Mark Polenkars, during a press conference, blindsided the mayor, blindsided the city of Buffalo, blindsided our entire community by trashing Byron Brown and saying, well, if he's not going to do his job, I'll go into the city of Buffalo and plow streets. I went into the city of Buffalo during the week. I had to take a loved one to Roswell for a chemo appointment. I delivered food and formula to moms that ran out. You know what I saw in the city of Buffalo? Streets that were down to the bare pavement. Bare pavement. I mean, and this is this guy's M.O. I know. I'm the former controller. He attacked me for nine years. When Mark Polenkars feels pressure, when he's attacked, he cracks. And I am shocked that he blindsided the mayor. And shame on Mark for doing that. <laughs> shame on Stefan. Shame on Stefan. Uh, you know, Mark once told you that, Stefan. Shame on you. But I, I, think, I, I think the problem is, and again, I'm going to go back to accountability. I have to, as a business owner, do this all the time. If we make a mistake, we have to tell a client, we made a mistake, shame on us, right? That's part of being a leader. That's part of owning a business, running a county, running a state, running a country. You have to take accountability. However, in politics, that doesn't happen very often. And that's what's happening. I believe personally, 
Again, the blame doesn't go on one person. I'm not saying it's all Mark Poland for Poland Cars's fault. However, I will tell you, you know, we talked about this on our podcast, Stefan. The timing of the travel ban, not very good. To Mark's credit, I will give Mark credit. Earlier this week, he said, well, let me give him credit and, and, and kind of backhanded credit here. I, I have the tweet in front of me here. He says, you know, he doesn't know if it would change anything, but he may have miscalculated the timing of the travel ban. Of course, the travel ban should have came out on Thursday, not on Friday, because what happened? People went to work on Friday morning. They went and bought groceries. They were doing Christmas shopping. No one should have been on the road. And you know what? They shut down the throughway. Guess where all those trucks and cars went? They were diverted into the city of Buffalo. So it is just a height of hypocrisy and scum to, to blast the mayor during a press conference, blindsiding him and blindsiding everyone else. And I thought Mayor Brown handled it with class and dignity. And he's right. Under pressure, some people crack and they can't handle it. And I'll tell you two other things. After the the, tri- the driving ban issue, I'll also go to sending in the National Guard after the storm hits. Not ideal. They probably should have been here earlier. Again, folks, we knew this storm was coming. I remember being at the Bills game last Saturday, or it's two Saturdays now ago, and saying, this storm could be bad. We're worried about this Bills game. This storm coming on the holidays could be bad. We knew it was coming, and it came, and we weren't ready for it. And the financial guys, you guys kept your employees home on Friday. I personally, and Mike Lomas uh, and Glenn Wiggle, we said to ourselves, is this worth it bringing our, our, our employees here or having clients drive to an appointment here at the office? We all agreed without question on Thursday, Employees, clients, you will not be in our office on Friday. We are not having people here because of the danger of driving in that weather. And it's unfortunate because there was so much good that came out of the storm. You go to that uh, Buffalo Blizzard 2022 Facebook page, and there are so many amazing stories of total strangers helping others, living up to the mantra of being the city of good neighbors. And yet... Just a horrible stain on our community. The looting, the theft, and then on a political perspective, Mark Polonkars, who's running for re-election, feeling the heat, just attacks Byron Brown. That is so low. You should be working together. And you know what? If you have differences, work them out privately. And Byron Brown said, we talked on the phone all the time. Not once did Mark Polonkars ever say, you know what? I got a problem with the cleanup in the city. Not once. Did it in a public forum during a press conference, blindsided the mayor, blindsided our community. Shame on him. He also let the whole community know that police wouldn't be patrolling the city. Uh, last week, which caused some of this looting. Some of these business owners that we'll talk to, I've had conversations with privately, said as soon as these people knew there was no police presence or emergency services, that was their open ticket, free ticket, open invitation to walk into those stores. And folks, just so you realize, you'll hear from these store owners, it wasn't just, ooh, let me just open this door and walk in and take some bread. That is not what happened. This was not for essentials. I'm putting that in air quotes. We need this. It's a it's a, it's a crock of crap. And rational people can understand. You got to do what you got to do to feed your yep. family. You got to do what you got to do to keep your kids alive. But this was not the case. It was looting yep. and theft, and it's absolutely despicable. But folks, I'm telling you, do not turn this dial because in the next two hours, you're going to hear from small business owners who were the victims of looting. Business owners, not just during the blizzard, but during COVID, that struggled to keep their doors open. And you're going to hear some raw, raw interviews from businesses that did not survive. 
Folks, Stefan Mahailu and myself, we're fired up today. We are we have a lot of great guests for you coming up. You do not want to miss that on the special New Year's Eve edition of the Financial Guys radio show on the Financial Guys Media Network. If you need us throughout the week, financial planning, home and auto insurance, life insurance, group health insurance, medical insurance, benefits, Medicare. Folks, it's the time of year, New Year's resolutions. Please call us if you need help. We are here for you. 833-FINGUYS podcast, radio shows, and interviews on financialguysmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at FINGUYS. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, The Financial Guys. Stefan, I'm, I'm happy to be here today. We have a lot going on here in the next hour and 45 minutes. Do not turn away because you're going to hear some very harrowing stories of business owners who got looted, business owners that did not survive COVID, and others, thankfully, that did. And you're just going to hear the raw ripping off the Band-Aid from these business owners that, you know what, they probably shouldn't be doing businesses in Buffalo again. All under the leadership of Democrats like Mark Polonkars, Andrew Cuomo, and now Kathy Hochul. Folks, don't turn that dial. We got a lot of guests coming up. Again, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. Folks, don't turn that dial. We'll be right back. All righty. Welcome back, Financial Guys Media Network. Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu, in for Mike and Glenn, who have the weekend off for the holiday. Stefan, this is going to be all blizzard talk now. So we are going to talk to a local store manager, um, their building and their store was completely ransacked. Absolutely despicable yes. when it comes to the behavior of individuals during a natural disaster and crisis. So we have Dan with us. He's a local store manager, as I said. Dan, are you with us? I am. How you doing, man? We are, we are good. So tell us a little bit about, first off, I guess, before you get into the damage of the store, how did you guys find out that the store was broken into? What did people do to the store? And then what's the damage looking like? Um, well, we found out because, uh, I mean, in this day and age, everybody's got cameras. Um, everybody's got cameras hooked up to the internet. Everybody's got alarm systems. Um, so, uh, we ended up getting an alarm code, um, and we were getting them on and off, um, through the day. Um, but it was basically due to the wind. Um, a few of our uh, window alarms and things like that were going on. Um, so we weren't paying too much attention to it, but, um, we did end up getting a, an alarm on, um, a motion detector on our front vestibule. Um, so I kind of logged into one of our cameras uh, just to see if I could figure out what it was. And uh, when I looked in, um, we basically, you could see that our register pills um, had been broken open um, and one of the registers uh, was laying on the ground. Um, so that's, uh, that's how we found out that somebody was in the store. Um, and then as the they progressed. Um, it it just got worse. Um, you know, at times there were you know 20, 30 people in our store looting it. Um, when we did get the original alarm call, um, our alarm uh, company uh, tried to contact nine one one, of course. Um, and at that time, uh, nobody was responding. They couldn't get a hold of anybody. Um, when they informed me of this, um, I called the state police, Batavia, um, just to see if maybe they could transfer me into the city or into Erie County. Uh, just so that um, we could make them aware that, you know, that we were being robbed. So that, that's, that's how it started off on uh, Christmas Eve for us. Dan, a lot of people, myself included, and I'm as conservative as conservative can, it comes, during a, a blizzard like this, people can have the argument of, you know what, I had to take a gallon of milk to feed my baby. I had to take a loaf of bread to feed my children. But this wasn't the case 
with the store that you manage, correct? No, it, this was far from that. Um, most of the uh, damage done in the store um, and most of the stuff looted in the store is stuff that has resale value. Um, when they broke into the store, a lot of the things they took were things like batteries, um, all the candy bars, all the single-serve candy bars, all the single-serve soda on the front end, um, all the baby formula, but they left the baby food. Um, they were all things that have resale value um, to, like, corner stores um, and things like that. So that's a lot of the things that were looted out of the store. Things like prime rib, turkeys, all the deli cold cuts, things like that weren't even touched. The fresh vegetables and uh, all the fruit, all basically untouched. Um, so this was a lot of more. It was it was a lot of it was looting. A lot of it was looking for cash. Um, both of our safes were damaged um, in the store. Um, luckily, uh, ours were not uh, broken into. I know a few of the other uh, retailers had uh, their safes broken into, and they lost their cash as well. Dan, but, uh, sorry to cut you off there, Dan. Can you talk, because mm -hmm. we've had conversations about this already, but can you talk a little bit, I, I joked with you, like they can't, th these people can't even loot and steal respectfully, right? They just completely destroyed <laughs> your store. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things and the destructive nature that they did to the store? Threw the eggs around in the store, um, just smashed a lot of stuff like smashing our registers and our, our POS equipment, which is probably like one of the biggest um, problems um, that we're facing even on recovery. When you smash those systems, you just can't go out and you know run over to Walmart and buy new ones. Most of them have to be shipped in from out of state or whoever does your credit card processing. And this is the week in between Christmas and New Year's. I mean, so not to mention we have a storm and we still have transportation issues around the city. So, um, I mean, we're expected to be down um, for at least two weeks um, till we can get that stuff taken care of. Now, so, I, I mean, it's things like that that, you know, really hurt us. It wasn't just, you know, the looting. It was just the damage done to the store. I uh, just got the estimate for the front doors of our store, and we're talking $16,000 just in glass damage to the front of our store. Unbelievable. Now, I grew up uh, on the east side. I grew up at William and Fillmore, and I know for a fact from my upbringing, you know, back in the— late 70s, early 80s, it was a food desert. Nine times out of 10, if we went ever, we walked to our corner store. That was the only place, place where we can go. So now looking ahead and speaking of food deserts, what is the possibility of you folks not even opening again? Have you made that decision? Because it's got to be a challenge. You're spending $16,000 just fixing your doors. Has there been even talk of, why are we even here? Why are we going to reopen? Um, that was my initial response. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, as the days have gone by here, um, I think we're looking at it a little bit differently. Um, it, it is scary for us. Um, this store was supposed to close a year and a half ago. Um, the old owners of the store uh, were leaving New York because of the, the cost of wages, the cost of doing business in New York State. So this store was supposed to close. Um, we ended up purchasing it. And uh, we put about a quarter of a million dollars into the store as far as a remodel and renovations. So now, the, you know, a year later, um, we're looking at sticking another nice chunk of change into it in order to do the repairs. What, what well, let me ask it this way. What is keeping you there? Why not just take that store and go somewhere else that you're not going to have to worry about this type of stuff? That, that decision still, to this point, hasn't been made yet. It, it still could be made um, within the next uh, few days, few weeks. 
Um, I mean, right now, you know, we do have a lease, um, so we're going to have to pay our lease. But uh, even at that point, it might be better for us to just close the store and continue to pay our lease. Um, there are other options in the area um, for us. I mean, we have been looking at other locations to purchase and expand uh, our business. So um, this may be that time to do that. Dan, on a personal level, you've obviously poured a lot of resources into that building, into that store. Your time, your money, your effort, your blood, sweat, the whole nine yards. So let's be raw here. Have you lost a little bit of faith in humanity after watching the security camera footage of your store being ransacked and looted and then going in and seeing firsthand the damage that was done? I've been in this business for a long time. And when we did purchase a store, um, one, of the, one of the things that you look at is cities and grocery costs. Most inner city stores, the residents there who are lower income people generally pay 40% more for their groceries than those of us who live in suburbia. So when we moved into that neighborhood and we, you know, one of the great ideas was, hey, let's offer them affordable groceries um, and, you know, we'll make them happy. They'll make us happy. Uh, we'll be able to provide some jobs to the community. And we'll, we'll just kind of like change the, you know, change the area a little bit. And that area has seen a little bit of renovation. There's been a lot of other uh, people moving into that uh, neighborhood. A lot of the Afghans that have moved here have moved into that neighborhood. And, uh, you know, there's been some progress in that neighborhood. But, you know, after Christmas Eve, when most people are at home enjoying time with their families and um, celebrating Christmas and, you know, thinking about the end of the year and, you know, a peaceful time, and you look on your camera system and you see people ransacking your business that you put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into, and they're destroying it. And I mean, not to mention, you know, I have 18 people who work there in that store who depend on that for their income and for providing for their families who all live there in the community. Our, our entire staff in that area lives within three miles of that store. And Dan, my next question is, do those workers feel safe to go back into that store? Oh, they, they didn't um, until uh, we went into the store on uh, Monday. In fact, I, I told all of them to stay where they were um, until uh, myself and uh, a few of the other managers had gone to the store and made sure that it was safe for them to come down. So, um, you know, they were very apprehensive. Even even today, they're very apprehensive around there. Um, we're only working during daylight hours right now in that store because I don't want uh, um, anything to happen to anybody that works for us. Um, I mean, still, there's really not a police presence in that neighborhood um, until today. Uh, today was the first day that the police had shown up to our store. So um, it, security is a concern down there in that area. God bless you. God bless you very much. And, and no matter what decision is made, you know, we certainly hope that you bounce back, whether it's in that location or another location of your choosing. And there is so much good happening with the blizzard of the past week and people helping others. But, yeah, we still have to tell the story. It is important that people hear your words and hear your story uh, so that if it remains a food desert, this is exactly why. Dan, right. thank you so thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Not a problem. Thank you. All right, folks, we're coming up here on a hard break. We will be right back. Do not change that dial.
Alrighty, welcome back, Financial Guys Media Network. Mike Sparaza here, and today with Stefan Mahailu, a little bit of a, I guess we'll call it a year in review and a uh, COVID three years in review today, Stefan. Yeah, we're focusing yeah. on small businesses yeah. that were negatively impacted by COVID, and look, some are surviving and some are not. It's a very difficult struggle. It's hard enough to run a business in New York State, let alone with lockdowns, COVID closures, being forced to close during blizzards. Joining us on the live line now is Bob Gemiolo. He owns the Critchen on Clinton Street in West Seneca. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Let's talk about the struggles of your small business. And you've got a great restaurant, a great facility um, on Clinton Street, West Seneca, the Critchen. How difficult was it to even keep your doors open during the COVID shutdowns? Well, I mean, it was it was really difficult because, I mean, you didn't know where your your money was going to come from. You know what I mean? We were kind of surprised by the whole thing. It's not anything that, that, that anybody planned. And, you know, any of the additional monies that you, you, you might have had, you kind of spent just trying to survive and, you know, trying to encourage people to support you. And, you know, that, that, that did happen, but, you know, it, it only goes so far, especially, you know, these days, uh, now where, you know, you everybody's clawing and scratching for support. Um, you know, the cost of everything, you know, the cost of product is almost doubled and, you know, utilities, the same thing. And then, you know, we're, as owners, we're unable to pass all of that on to the con to consumer. I mean, some of it you can, but you can't ever recoup any of that. So, I mean, it makes it very difficult to uh, to continue on. And, uh, you know, I'm facing a, a hardship myself. So um, it was very difficult. I mean, we did get a lot of support. Um, a lot of that has been waning, you know, because a lot of the support that we had once, you know, everything opened up, you know, we stuck our neck out for people. Uh, when they didn't have anywhere else to go, we gave them a place to go, you know, and now that things are opened back up, you know, they'll go to those places that told them no before. And it leaves us with, you know, uh, spending time with some crickets sometimes. Yeah. And let's and, um, and let's have that very, you know, direct and difficult conversation. I mean, what is the status of the Christian? What can you share with us? You know, are you able to keep your doors open past January? Well, not, uh, it's not looking like it guys. Um, it's, you know, I, I look at the numbers and it's just, it's, it's an, it's a losing battle. Um, you know, unless we get some, you know, crazy support, um, that, you know, we were hoping for, um, you know, we did have some momentum for a little while and then it just kind of, kind of, you know, it dipped and it, it, it's, it's just not there anymore. And, um, you know, it's not looking like we're going to be able to make it much further than January. Um, you know, what we're encouraging people to do is, you know, maybe stop and, you know, say your last goodbyes. You know, if you didn't support us then, you know, if it's some of the people that have been telling you, yeah, we've been meaning to come over there. And it's like, dude, that was three years ago, you know, and they still haven't shown up, you know, show up one time, you know, say hi, say goodbye. Um, you know, we're planning something. We're going to be planning something interesting where we're almost it's like the death of the Christian. So. We're going to get, take it from physical form and it's going to go into spiritual form. We're going to say goodbye to it and have an official event where we're putting it to sleep. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that's that's it looks like that's what we're going to have to do. And uh, it's not what I want to do. But, you know, um, it, it, again, it's a, it's a losing battle. And, you know, what, what we do have here is, you know, we can j jump into real estate talk here uh, real quick is, I mean, the building is for sale. 
and um, you know the space is is a, is a nice space. It's in a great location, um, in the right right hands. Um, you know, somebody that has a dream and has, you know, the funds to support it and get it going. That it would be an ideal location for them. Um, you know, I'm willing to work with them in a lot of uh, different areas, including you know holding the note and stuff. So it makes it more palatable. Uh, it's income property, it has apartments. Um, you know, it's definitely something anybody that's interested in real estate and, and investing, uh, definitely worth a conversation, uh, because like all the equipment and everything comes with it. So all the legwork that I've done, uh, is done for them and, uh, they can take advantage of that and, uh, basically get in the door at a low, low price. And Bob, let me ask you, you know, again, be, being someone that's, yeah. that's in small business myself, you put your whole life into it, right? You, every yeah. blood, sweat, and tear of your life goes into your business. You, you love your family. You spend time with your family. But at the end of the day, you get up every day, and you got to go support your business because that's what pays the bills. Can you tell our listeners and maybe people in, in politics that are listening uh, to the show what that feels like when that's just ripped from you for something now, looking back on it now, you could have kept those doors open and kept doing what you were doing, and it wouldn't have impacted most people? Yeah. Well, I mean, actually at this point, it's, it's almost, you know, the flip side of it, you know, because I've put everything that I've had in here and I've, I've put a lot of time in here and sacrificed time that I'll never get back with my family. Um, I've, I've neglected myself. I've neglected my family. I've neglected a lot of things and put me in actually an unhealthy state at this point. So am I saying it's a blessing and that I'm looking forward to it? No, I didn't want it to to go this way. But for to put all, everything that you put into it and your heart and soul and it gets it, it, it almost seems like it's for nothing. But you know what? It's not nothing. It's it's a learning experience. You know, there's something good that came out of it. All the people and stuff that I uh, that I've met through this and the connections that I've made. I mean, those are those are invaluable. But, you know, I honestly didn't have a life outside of this. Um, at any time during that, because it was a struggle and I, and I, I, I put everybody else before myself and, um, it's, it's heartbreaking, but you know, where now, now I have to, you know, basically close up shop and deal with, you know, the ridicule maybe, or the shame of it. What I, I'm not going to take it that way. I mean, it is what it is. And if anybody, you know, wants to, wants to have a go at it, um, it's available. Uh, Bob, this is Stefan, but you still must have inventory. You're keeping your doors open at least until the end of January 2023. Mm -hmm. So for folks who are listening right now, what can they do to at least support your business in the next month so that you're able to say, you know what, I can hold my head high and pay my vendors and pay my bills and things of that nature? Mm -hmm. Show up, you know, and, and one thing that I've always encouraged people to do because it's a big place. Um, and, and this is something that, that I've been doing since, you know, early last year is show up in a group, like plan a group thing, like, uh, maybe a happy hour or, uh, uh just a, a get together with friends or something. I, I had this thing called, I have this thing called love chip okay? and a love chip provided everybody that you brought with you a free drink and all your food. So the idea is like, Hey man, grab like 50 people and come in here and I'll give you all your food, give everybody one drink and the rest is on you. We get a band, we can have a party. Basically it's a party house, right? And not one. And these are all personal conversations that I have with people. It isn't just, I'm throwing them out there. Personal one-on-one -on -one conversations. I put probably, I don't know, maybe 60 of them out there. Not one person came back with one, not one. 
absolutely um, heartbreaking. It's, it's you know what it's 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 heartbreaking, but it's also slightly insulting. You know, I put I put put my heart on the line, and that's in the chip actually has a heart on it, um, and they're only given out by me. I only give them out, and you know if anybody has them out there, now's the time to use it. Um, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, work with anybody, but, um, you know, show up in droves, um, come and support the place, help us go out on a good note and, you know, maybe get a look at the place if you're interested in. But isn't this also a testament, unfortunately, Bob, when it comes to how difficult it is to run a successful business in New York state, because you're dealing with so many challenges and difficulties, whether it's regulations, taxes, authorities, COVID closures, blizzards. I mean, isn't this really just the state of affairs of trying to run a small business in New York state? You know what is it? They make it so hard. It's almost like they don't want you to run a small business, but let let's, let's take in the, the, we've talked about this before is in in the eyes of the IRS, a small business is is a business with 500 employees or less 500. We're not even close to that. You know, we're like a micro business so micro businesses don't matter, and that's why you know none of those uh, bailouts and anything, none of that really applied to the ones that were really, really small. So for the people out there that think small business, we're not even small business. Five hundred is a small business in the eyes of the IRS. So us, we we don't really stand much of a chance. It's hard uh, with the right support, and uh, you know it'll work. But um, you know, in my opinion, I don't think New York State wants businesses like us to exist. Because it's just, you know, us getting in the way of their monopolies. Heartbreaking and insane, to say the least. Bob, thank thank you for joining us today. We appreciate hearing your story. And obviously, we hope people go out there, like you said, in droves and support you here in this last month and hopefully longer. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll be open as long as we can. And, you know, maybe after that, we might have, uh, you know, we could be open for like banquets or something. So if somebody planned a party and we're still able to, you know, we can serve them. So it might just won't be open to the public every day. You know, it's going to be if you want us open, you make us open. And real quickly, so, where can people find, I know physically you're on Clinton Street in West Seneca, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. And so if people wanted to find you on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or anywhere else, and they wanted to book, uh, what's a phone number or where on social media can people find you? Facebook, we're at the uh, – you can find us under the Critchen. You can message us through there. That, that'll that get you um, to us. You can go to Critchen at gmail. The Critchen at gmail.com. You can call our main number, 716-671-2832, or you can text – or call 716-367-7557. Okay, and do me one favor, buddy, because we're on the radio. Can you pitch the, the text number one more time? What is the number where people can text for their orders or to find out information on uh, supporting the Critchen? 716-367-7557. All righty, Bob. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. God bless you. Appreciate it, guys. Happy New Year. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. We have a few seconds left in this segment, Stefan. I think that's the saddest part for restaurants and bars is that was like the one that and, and salons and whatnot that got 
crushed the most on that whole thing. Well, and that's the thing. It is so hard to conduct business in New York. Just the taxes alone and the regulations and different authorities you have to deal with. People who own small businesses, they work for a living. You know, the politicians who may dictate these decisions from on high, they have no idea what it takes to work a day in the private sector. Yep. Because no matter what, they're going to get their government paycheck, their government health insurance. They have no clue what it takes to run a successful small business. And, and their policies dictated from on high, especially during COVID, with masks and lockdowns uh, yep. and things of that nature, it just decimated. And you heard firsthand yep. how bad it hurts. You heard it from Bob how bad it hurts to lose your business. And I could only imagine, again, the time and energy that, that many of us put into our businesses. It's, it's really sad. And, and you, like you said, you hear it in his voice. Folks, we're coming up on a break here, though. One more segment here in hour one. We will be right back. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Financial Guys Media Network, Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu. Last segment of hour one here, and then we got a whole another hour to go. We are bringing back another business owner right now, Stefan. I'll let you introduce him. And it breaks my heart because, in full disclosure, um, Mike Lucarelli and the Lucarelli family, they have run a successful business for generations, for decades, built it out of nothing. My family, all of our Ukrainians, all of us. Every baptism, wedding, my wedding included, we've always gone to Lucarelli's, got an amazing service. And joining us on the live line right now is Mike Lucarelli. And I hate to say it, and it breaks my heart to say formerly of Lucarelli's banquet hall, because, Mike, yeah. after so many generations of business, you had to sell. I had to go. I had to call Uncle Stefan. I had it. After, after uh, going into 2020, it was going to be my biggest year i was building on i was putting more trucks on the road it was just a crazy gonna be a great year and then got hit with the kryptonite and just was just beat me down and the employees leaving and the way everything was happening just just made no sense to me and i just you know my wife and i and my daughter we we buried uh buried it out for this year and we just i said enough sold everything trucks everything i'm done 46 years of time 46 years I was just going to ask you, can you say that number one more time, Mike? 46 years in the industry. So I've cooked a few chickens in my day and been around and, and never never felt so uh, mistreated and misguided in my life. You know, I never asked for anything. And I just built it myself and worked myself and built relationships, and great friends like you and your family and lot, many families like that. And uh, it was it was it was an easy decision. Believe it or not, it was it was easy for me to say I had enough. I called uncle. It beat me down. I mean, when when my wife and I and my daughter are doing the work of just everybody, everybody doing everything. And so we just said, you know what, we're going to pay the bills, you know, strong survive. We survived through it. But I at 62 right now. I said, hey, you know what? I'm done. I don't have I don't have 20 more years to rebuild. So. I called Uncle Stefan. I know I know you were shocked when you heard that, but it was kind of a quiet thing, and we just did it. Yeah, both Mike and I here were, were fairly surprised and disappointed. And, Mike, yeah. what, one question for me here. This is yes, Mike Speraza. So you were in business 46 years. That's not uh, you know a, a five-year thing. That's a long time, no. 46 years to be in business. If you could go back and tell people like Mark Polonkars and Andrew Cuomo and Gail Burstein – what would what would you tell them now saying this is how maybe you should have addressed COVID in, in the heat of COVID back in 2020, early 2020, instead of what they did? Because what they did was put a lot of people okay. like you out of business. 
they, they took everything. I mean, the worst thing was is the threats. You know, it's like, come on, is that what we need? We need a threat. We're going to take your license away, your liquor license, your health permit. You know, we're big people. But the thing that bothered me the most is they never said, hey, we're sticking out. We're going to help you. We're going to stick by you. You know, you're the, you know, I'm tired of hearing you're the mom and pop and all this and everything. Yeah, we are. But, you know, we always paid our taxes. You still didn't give us a break. We asked for help. We got nothing. We got nothing but don't be late with your taxes. How's that one? And that now, was an answer I got. And now, Mike, you actually started Lucarelli's banquet facility out of your kitchen, cooking literally in your kitchen, correct? Well, I literally started in, in in my mother's basement back in early 80s, 81, 82, and then I had a commissary, and then I took over that one on Abbott Road. I took that dilapidated building and fixed it all up and put a lot of money into it. But, you know, I didn't re- – I, all I did is said is leave me alone. Get out of my way. Let me do my business. I'll, I'll pay you. You pay let me do my business. Just leave me alone. And it's just, when they did that, what you asked that question, that was the icing on the cake. It's like, where are you here? All you're doing is telling us what you're closing and what you're doing. And there was no help. And, oh, it's coming. Well, you know what? Meanwhile, we still had to pay these bills. I have an astronomical huge building. It was huge. It was 50,000 square feet. These bills were astronomical. You know, when you have the business, you don't think of it. But then when you don't have no business and you hear echoes coming from one end to the other, it was sad. And, for, was sad. and for a banquet facility like yours during the height of COVID, correct oh. me if I'm wrong, no one wanted a book even no. six weeks ahead because they had no, no idea what no. kind of closures there were going to be. No, there wasn't. No, but you can have 50 people. And, and realistically, what's 50 people? No offense in our in my building. 50 people is not going to pay the bills, not going to pay the gas bill, the electric bill, the taxes, the insurances. And that's the thing that got me the worst. I called and I said, please, is there anything we can do to, 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 to you know, help us, help us with the gas bills, the electric bills? And, you know, call the electric company. Here's the answer they gave me. You ready for this? Well, if you don't pay your bill, we'll shut it off and you're going to have a huge deposit to put on. That's their answer. After all these years, never being laid on a bill, didn't care. Mike, no. Mike, imagine if you told them you weren't going to pay your taxes. What would happen then? <laughs> oh, well, they'll give you three years and then they'll take it from you. Right. <laughs> now, I know from personal experience, from even recently going uh, to your banquet hall for Dave DiPietro Sportsman's yeah. Banquet, you, your wife, your wonderful daughters, you guys were the ones who yes, are cooking, we were. serving. How difficult towards the end was it even to find someone to come in and work? You, you could, you know, Stefan, we were happy if they showed up, you know? And the sad thing is, is it's not that you could have paid them what they want. You could, you could pay them. You know what I would say to them? Are you going to come back tomorrow, right? Well, I don't know. It was brutal. I went from 50, you know, probably 50 people working until maybe 10 if we were lucky. And like you said, that, that, that event, guess where I went after I got done cooking? In the dish room. <laughs> oh, and then I had to clean the bathrooms after that. That's that's what we were doing. And Mike, let let's dive into that a little bit before we let you go because I do think yeah. that's another thing that people don't understand right now. How hard it is to staff a restaurant, a uh, an office, or whatever it may be. It's damn near impossible to to staff because people don't want to work. I was talking to somebody on Twitter today, and they said to me, well, no, that's not true. It's just people feel like they're worth more. I'm like, well, well wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. I think I'm worth $10 million. That doesn't mean that that's what I'm going to get paid every year, right? I mean, that's what's so insane about this. These people don't want to work, and then they just say, oh, well, you're underpaying me. That's the excuse. Well, I'll tell you what. What I found in this, this last year or two, the good ones were smart enough to say, Hey, I want X amount of money. And here's what we said. 
okay. So what did we do? We have to take it out on the, we have to take the customer. We say, look, we got to charge you more money. It's just a, it's a trickle effect that didn't, didn't help anything. But the, the problem was, is only the good ones. And there's not enough good ones to share for all of us in this industry. It was crazy. It's not, it's not, it's not how much you could pay. It's just they didn't want to work. So, Mike, what is they this? They didn't want to do it. What is the status now, Mike? Are you, you, you sell the building, sell the business. What's shaking now? I sold everything. So the only thing I'm doing is, well, I still have to stay on. I, I, I started a consulting business. Imagine that. <laughs> with all the stuff I got. So I started doing that, you know, with all the knowledge I got. Because I know the future of the next few years, but I don't have it. I don't have it in me. So I'll give it to somebody else's knowledge, but I'll just relax and, you know, I want to enjoy the rest of my life. I work too hard. They, they beat me down. They won. Isn't that absolutely, but isn't that heartbreaking, though, from you building something out of nothing, living the American dream, and now at the end, you're literally, you feel better about throwing in the towel. How sad is that? <laughs> you know, I didn't think of it that way. You said it, but you know what? Can I tell you right now? I got my three grandkids with me right now, enjoying the day, and I'm like, no stress. I'm not worrying anymore, Stefan. I, yeah, I took that. I made something nice. I took that building in Lackawanna. I, I did a lot. The guys that are taking it over. You know, I'm still on as as a, as a consultant and the chef. I'm still work. I'm still cooking for them, but I don't have no stress or headache. I got no work. I got no worry. God I go bless in, I cook you. the food, and I go home. God bless you. So if people want to support the existing business, then what should they do? It's, should they still call the call the usual number for Lucarelli's? Yeah, call number, yeah. You know, we're still doing things. Uh, it's changed. It's going to change in a little, a little different direction. But, you know, I'm there. I'm cooking. You know, the, you know, the sad thing was is we had to give all the people their deposits back. You know, Stefan, the worst thing was is we were getting tons of phone calls for the next different 212, 23, 24. And we weren't taking them. We were like, you know, we're, we haven't decided what we're going to do. I mean, we would have been book solid again, but I was afraid, and my wife was afraid that we wouldn't be able to staff it the way I want to have it. And I'm not doing it no more. So it's a young man's game right now. If you're 40 years old, I mean, there's it's a huge business catering right now. It's it's going to go a different direction and not the way I want to go, not what I want to do, but it's not it's i'm done God i don't want a building you. i don't want you know what i want to own nothing you know what i don't i, I got my house i pay my taxes I, I, and that's it that's all i want to do I no more buildings no more no more investing in the community they forget guys like us too they forget that's what piss excuse my french that's what gets me mad they don't realize what we get back and nobody knows what we do we don't, we don't go out there and bolster. We don't go out there and bolster. Oh, I, I, you know, we help. We help the little leagues. We help the football teams. We help the. We help the community. It gets to a point where they're not helping back, you know. And you know, it's sad. It was sad. It was sad when our government, our our political leaders, couldn't stand behind us. But yet, you know, they got their money. They got their FEMA money. They got all their reimbursements. And, and the poor guy like me lost. I lost lost my uh, my my dignity of the business. God bless you. That's Mike Lucarelli, yeah, Lucarelli's yeah. banquet facility. Happy New Year to you and your family, you too, your lovely wife, your amazing daughters, and uh, and God bless you very much. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Uh, appreciate. It. Thanks, guys. You Have got a great it. day. Bye.
All righty, we're coming up against a hard break right now, folks. Do not turn that dial. We will be right back. It's been pre-recorded and is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage LLC. Member FINRA SIPC Investment Advisory Services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. We come from Irish immigrants, black slaves, immigrants from Asia. It's time to talk money. The three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball, and the other one looks like he could bomb you. The Financial Guys Radio Show. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Here are the Financial Guys. Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All right, welcome back. Financial Guys Radio Show. Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu in for Mike and Glenn today. Stefan, we've already talked to a few people regarding the blizzard that just hit Buffalo. We've also talked to a couple people regarding the uh, COVID shutdowns that, that many people have endured. It just doesn't stop here in New York State, does it? It does not. And another example of someone being resilient, tough as nails, uh, fighting the good fight as much as they can is Shannon Connors. She owns Shannon Connors Fitness on Transit Road in uh, Lancaster, Depew area. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us on the Financial Guys Media Network. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad so, you're safe and well. Yeah, to say the least. So let's turn the, the clock back a little bit. Right now we've been dealing with uh, blizzards and snow removal, but a few years ago uh, you're running a fitness facility and when you talk about the difficulty of staying open during COVID and the perceived transmission of diseases, government thought that gyms would be the worst, but you actually were some of the safest, so to speak, when it comes to uh, staying open during COVID. But how did the closures and the lockdowns and the masks, how did it negatively impact a business like yours, a fitness facility? Um, I, I'm definitely going to say... It, it, the number one thing that, you know, we were promoting is everybody stay healthy. And the biggest negative impact it had is that we were creating uh, individuals who weren't moving, who weren't building their immune system, who weren't sweating, who weren't getting out of their house, uh, who weren't being able to breathe properly uh, using the masks. Um, negatively, in terms of my business, it impacted me in terms of loss of revenue, loss of clientele. Uh, which we still have not been able to recover um, since, you know, 2019. Real quick, Shannon, let's talk about that because I think you bring up a great a great point with health, right? I mean, that that's the biggest thing. The people most yeah. impacted by this virus or flu were unhealthy people, whether that be obese, whether that be comorbidities, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. All they did was preach, don't leave your house, stay in your couch, don't do anything. 
And that to me is, is just like the, the, the cherry on top of everything. Now knowing what we know, right. That was the worst thing they could have done. And they've pushed and they still push it with people, right. You wear your mask in the gym, do all that. They're not stopping. That to me is one of the most ridiculous things. And you, as someone who knows a lot more about fitness than I would, you got to just be rolling around with your rolling your eyes every day. It's, it's infuriating because it, we, it, we targeted a group who that was unhealthy anyway. And that if, if anyone, the fitness uh, industry and our doctors and um, primary care physicians should have had it as our number one person to target in order to stay healthy and to um, encourage movement and encourage activity, you know, we were basically saying uh, stay in your houses, mask up, um, you know, therefore creating a whole host of other problems and creating uh, lack of motivation for these individuals then to turn around and work on their fitness because now everybody, they had everyone so worked up in a panic that should you leave your house and should you go out, um, you know, you were going to get unhealthy. And I remember um, getting in trouble um, by the health department because I had people outside on a day in May and we were six feet apart. Everybody had their own parking lot uh, area. And the health department sent me uh, sent me a nasty letter, you know, stating that because we were congregating in, in outside in a group larger than 20 um, it, it, and not masked, you know, that I was creating a um, um, health risk for these individuals. And I wanted to rip my hair out because I thought, are you kidding me? It was a 70 degree day in May. These people need to be outside. They need to be moving and breathing fresh air. And um, because at that point, it became more of a focus of how can I help people get their physical and mental health back? And it wasn't even necessarily about keeping my business alive at that point. But how did you? I knew you- I, had, I had something to bring to the community that people needed and wanted. Some people wanted it. So how did you then keep your business open when you've got government cracking down on you, the health department cracking down on you, basically handcuffing you on what you can do? How exactly did you survive over those two years when you couldn't even open your doors? No, um, honestly, thank God uh, for technology. Thank God for um, social media. Um, Thankfully, my Shannon Counter Fitness, we were virtual back in back before the pandemic even began, because I have clients all over the country. I have clients in Florida and North Carolina and Virginia, California, Colorado. And we were looking for a way when my client base kind of has started spreading out, um, how could we deliver our product, you know, not by DVD, not by one same recorded workout. And so we tapped into social media that offers a free platform that people could tap into that we created a closed group. So one of the very first things that I did was I I tapped into the virtual online option and did coaching. And I did three or four classes a day um, virtually just to encourage people to move. And then once the weather broke, you know, because that happened, whatever, that was March 13th. And then once it was like May and June, I thought we can't, we got to get outside. This is crazy. Um, And that's what we did. We took it outside and I I basically tried to um, deliver as much as I promised so that people knew that, you know, um, if they wanted to leave the gym and, and cancel their membership, they, they could do that. But I was offering these services 
uh, to them and I would do whatever they they needed to help them. So then we started taking it to backyard boot camps and having, you know, parking lot workout parties where I would load up my car with my weights from the gym and we would spread out um, anywhere in a parking lot, in high school parking lots that would have us, um, you know, in my parking lot here at the business, um, any, anywhere that we could just get moving. And so uh, my last question for you, Shannon, I know there's talk about bringing back mask oh. mandates when it comes to the flu and all these other 97 million diseases that's going to kill us eventually. Lovely. Looking forward to that. Uh. All right. What would you do as a business owner if the government says, hey, you can keep your doors open, but we're bringing masks back? Um, well, I would love to be able to tell you that I'm a rule follower to, the, to a T. And I, I have always said to people, you're in charge of your own health. Um, people now, if you want to wear a mask, it's, you know, you could wear a mask in my facility. However, one of the number one things and being a business owner, I'm also a school teacher. We are seeing so many more kids and adults with illnesses because for two years we were not building our immune systems, not outside, not exposed to anything. So there's, there's nowhere to go, but get, be, become sick. So if the government were to tell me to mask up again, I'm going to have to tell you, honestly, I, I'm going to let people choose it as their option. I am not going to mandate a health choice for people that I believe is in their own hands. I don't think the government has the right to tell somebody, you know, this is what needs to happen. Um, I, I think people are in charge of their own health, as I always have believed that. And I think that's my stance on it. I, I really believe that. You know your own health better than anyone else. Uh, even so much better, so, some some primary care physicians, you know, are all about pushing um, prescription medications and uh, instead of looking for natural, holistic ways to uh, create healthy human beings. And I'm just not about that. So. Shannon. I'm not going. I'm not biting. If that's <laughs> and God bless you. You shouldn't. <laughs> and Shannon, we got about ten seconds or so left. How do people find you? How do people come to your fitness center? And how do people get involved with you? Uh, check me out on Facebook, Shannon Connors Fitness Training. I'm on um, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. www.teamscfit.com is my, my website. Uh, group fitness, personal training, nutritional coaching, life coaching, athlete training and development, kids classes, kids nutrition, you name it, I can do it. Shannon, Pre thanks so much. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you, guys. Take care. All righty. All right, folks, we're coming up on a hard break. Remember, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FINGUYS-TFG podcast can be found, financialguysmedia.com, Twitter, at FINGUYS, Facebook and Instagram, The Financial Guys. Make sure you follow us, like us on all those platforms, help us spread the uh, the message and, and help some of these business owners. Help them build their businesses back up to where it was back in 2019. It's at least we can do here at the yep. Financial Guys Media Network is spread the good word and please, please, please support these local businesses. All right, folks, we'll be right back after the break. All righty, welcome back. Financial Guys Media Network, Financial Guys Radio Show today. Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mihailu in. Folks, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS-FIND-PODCASTS, radio shows, interviews, you name it, on financialguysmedia.com. And we are still speaking to business owners, not only who were impacted negatively by COVID closures, heading into the new year, you know, asking our loyal listeners to support those uh, who fought the good fight and who are really fighting to keep their door 
stores open. And one of those small business owners is Chef Anthony G. He runs Stack Burger in Lackawanna. And first and foremost, Chef Anthony, thank you for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. No problem. All right, so before we talk, uh, I shouldn't say turkey, burgers uh, <laughs> in COVID and you keeping your doors open, you're in the heart of Lackawanna with Stack Burger. How was the blizzard in your neck of the woods? We got we got hit pretty hard here. Um, we so business wise, we we saw it was coming. So Thursday night, I already made the decision to be closed for the weekend, and uh, so all of us were home and safe for all this. But I, it was, I mean, I think Lackawanna ended up having the highest gust of winds, and uh, the snow, you know, it was just nonstop until Monday morning probably, and then. Uh, it was just so cold. And then, you know, it took a while to get buried out. We, we got back open on Wednesday. Lackawanna did a pretty good job of getting us buried out and cleared on the street. So I'm thankful for that. Was Lackawanna where the mobile station got blown over? Was that your neck of the woods? Yeah, that was not where we are per se. We're on Abbott Road, but that was on uh, Route 5 in Lackawanna, kind of even to where we are, closer to the water, though. I was going to say, you're so close to the water. Me being a former Hamburg resident and driving on Route 5 home all the time. I mean, you you must have really gotten hit hard, not just with snow and Lackawanna, but the wind must have been really tough. The, the wind was, was rough here, and uh, thankfully we never lost power at, at home or the restaurant because, uh, you know, we had to keep tabs on that. And uh, so we didn't lose power, so we didn't get to lose any food. We got things we knew it was coming so we didn't order too much so not too much went bad so we were great during this and we handled it well and i'm very happy about it well god bless you guys i'm glad to hear that so now let's talk you know obviously this has been somewhat of a natural disaster a natural crisis when it comes to a blizzard but let's turn the clock back in covid how rough was it how difficult was it keeping your doors open when there were many forced covid closures especially businesses like yours it was it was rough i mean there was times where we were busy i'm not gonna lie because of takeout business but that was like the first two weeks maybe you know so like first two weeks nobody knew what to do everybody was ordering out but then a lot of restaurants got kicked you know realized that we can still do takeout so then our business shot down and then like having no dining was just so it was just rough i mean we opened up at stack burger in 2015 as a takeout only location we made the move at about the start of 2019. We got a new location. We got tables. We got a patio. We got all this stuff. And then about a year later, now nah, you can't do that anymore. So it was just like for us, especially, we, we worked hard to get where we were. And then we were shut down immediately and went right back to the takeout. And, you know, everybody being afraid, especially at the beginning, all the restrictions with the masks and stuff like you know we never fought them i mean we did what we were supposed to do but it was just tough i knew of many people many regular customers that would come in you know on the regular that would not come in if i told them they had to wear a mask and i didn't i don't know i didn't fight it and i was like well that's your decision i'm sorry but like to have someone have to make that decision is is just it was so hard when you run a business well, and Chef, I'm a small business owner myself, and that's kind of what's frustrating to me. At our office, actually, we, we were telling our, our employees, be careful before even the government told us to be careful, right? We were saying, hey, you know, we're going to work remotely a little bit, see how this goes. I think what's frustrating is the government truly has no 
faith in small business owners to make decisions that benefit not only them, their clientele, their employees. What, what are your thoughts about how, you know, people like Mark Polencars and people and Kathy Hochul, it was, it was Andrew Cuomo back then, but did just didn't have faith in you and told you exactly what you needed to do. And, and you had no say in that. Well, me as the business owner, but me even as a consumer everywhere, just like to be an individual and told like you have to have a mask, you have to be vaccinated or you can't you can't go into the Bills game. The whole issue with Cole Beasley and now two years later, Cole Beasley's back on the team like nothing ever happened. Like it was just it was just so shocking to me to have that and then to see losing customers because of this, like people not coming in because they have to wear a mask or people having a fit because somebody walked in without a mask and they took one step to the table. There's like a table two steps away from where our front door is, but, but you need to have a mask for that. And like, to and you're right, like being like treated, like we're all children. And, and, and even during the storm hearing the where my polling cars is like talking about us and talking about that. Like we're like, we're just, we know nothing about, anything in life and it's just like we're not children we're all taxpayers we're all adults here especially well especially if you're owning a business i'm you're probably an adult <laughs> and uh it's just like give us a little respect you know uh it's just we're not we're, stop handing us with kids gloves stop acting like this is the i don't know 1500s where news doesn't travel and we can't think for ourselves i don't even know how to explain it well, isn't it difficult, uh, Chef Anthony G., it's difficult running a business in New York State because of the regulations and taxes. And I'm sure between the liquor authority and things, uh, the things you're jumping through hoops for just to keep your doors open, how difficult was it between all of that and a lot of the regulations and masks and uh, the lockdowns from government? When it comes to New York State opening a business, it was a sidewinder when we just realized I have a partner in the business, Joe, and like he's a little more in charge of like the taxes and stuff like that. But like anytime he says he's like, Oh, I just had to pay this tax, this insurance, this, that. I'm like, What what is that? What is that for? I thought we just paid that. No, we just paid this one. Or I'll talk to my accountant and, and something goes up. A payroll tax goes well, that's his payroll tax, I'm sorry, but like a New York State tax goes up or a uh, just an insurance on employees, and it's just I, I, it blows my mind. Like we we I, I've opened this business now. We've been running eight years. We're fine, you know. We're not drowning, but we're not rich by any means. And it's like how, we just can't seem to make get ahead and make a buck without any help. We got some help along the way, some loans and things like that, and that's probably the only reason we're standing here. And it's just not the American dream that we've been fed our whole lives to think. Oh, you know, starting your own business in your hometown would be. And that's the frustrating part, right? Your bills don't stop during this time. Your bills don't stop during the blizzard, right? You still got to keep paying your taxes. You still got to keep paying your insurances, your your inventory, all that stuff. You got to keep paying it whether or not they're letting you stay open or not. Real quick, yep. though, uh, to turn to a positive here, I think let's 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 be positive today. Uh, how is your business doing? How have you grown since getting out of the COVID times? And uh, what can people do? Where do they find you? We are doing well. We're doing. Uh, I don't know the word is average, and that's okay. Like it's okay to be average. You don't want to be below average business wise. You know we haven't really bounced back a lot business wise. Like uh, dine in, we still do a lot of takeout, and that could be people still afraid to go out and eat and stuff like that. But you can find us 
on uh, Abbott Road, 1506 Abbott Road, right in Lackawanna. And, you know, I love owning the business, and I love my city. I, I, I'm in Lackawanna. I grew up here. I know Mark Polencars did, too. And, uh, he, you know, he uh, he stopped in the one day. You know, and I we didn't we just talked and it, it was there because he's a Lackawanna guy. Um, we are doing whatever we want food wise, and that's great. So you hear Stack Burger, but right now I'm doing smoked wings. I've got a Monte Cristo sandwich. I've done steak dinner specials. I do, and that's what I love. I'm the chef here. I do whatever the heck I want. So it's not just burgers. So don't be alarmed if you walk into the end quote burger place and there's a fancier dish on the plate me and my partner joe both have our culinary degrees and we've been doing this forever and uh you mentioned you know uh something about like the you know the liquor authority and stuff like that we here we're where we don't serve beer or wine yet and we would like to and we're going through that process but let me tell you the paperwork and the hoops that like the county and the state make you jump through to do this stuff it's it's pretty wild yeah, I can imagine. And we greatly appreciate you joining us because, again, one of the purpose of this year-end segment of our radio show is to highlight the the strength of businesses like Stackburger, like you, that, okay, we survived the lockdowns, we survived COVID, and it's almost like a flash mob where we are encouraging a lot of loyal listeners to say, okay, if you have a couple extra bucks and you're in the South Towns or south of the city, visit Stackburger. Visit a lot of the small businesses that we are promoting. So that is Chef Anthony G. from Stackburger. And again, you're at 1506 Abbott Road in Lackawanna. What about social media? Where can folks find you? Uh, most of the social media I do is right on our Facebook. So just look up Stackburger in Lackawanna. You'll find us. I do have a TikTok, uh, but I'm old and don't know how to use it that well, but I'm trying. Get off my lawn. That's right. All right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. That's Chef Anthony G. Stackburger, 1506 Abbott Road in Lackawanna. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, that's it's a great place, and I think it's really important that we. I really do hope that with a lot of our listeners and a lot of our viewers that uh, they'll support a lot of these small businesses. Yeah, and it's tough, and it seems like it's one thing after the next, right? Obviously, the, the COVID three-year pandemic that, that we've had to live through with government telling us what to do, and now here we are again, Stefan, a blizzard in Buffalo, and we're still being told every little movement that we have to make and where we have to go. But we are the financial guys. We are not going to listen to anybody, Stefan. We're going to keep going here. Um, folks, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. We have another, our last guest actually coming up next uh, on this episode or this this Saturday episode, I should say, of the Financial Guys radio show on the Financial Guys Media Network. From the WBEN Newsroom. All righty. Welcome back. Financial Guys radio show. A couple segments left here. We have another special guest coming up. Stefan, I'll let you introduce her. We sure do. And I think the, the point right now is to make sure that we let folks know, yeah, small businesses really hurt, especially women-owned business during COVID lockdowns. But we're trying to get our devoted listeners to the Financial Guys Media Network to support a lot of those uh, who were hurting over those two years of lockdowns. They're open, they're surviving, and they're ready to go. Their doors are open. Stretch Beyond Massage, uh, Michelle Pusatier, and in full disclosure, I have gone to Michelle once, and my wife actually goes on a regular basis for massages. Absolutely amazing. And Michelle is joining us on the live line now. Michelle, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you, and thank you for the compliment. Absolutely. Oh, it was great. I mean, <laughs> it was one of those things. I mean, you really did a bang-up job, literally and figuratively, on my back and my in- entire muscular system. But I felt like a million bucks for days and days on end, so thank you. Fantastic. And, and, my you know, pleasure. Yeah, and look, my, my wife had really bad sciatica problems after giving birth to our 97 children. And <laughs> you know, she went to you after and felt like a million bucks. So enough about my family and our back problems. Um, let's talk about stretch beyond massage because obviously your business is very physically literally intimate with your customers so how challenging was it earning money and keeping your doors open during covid lockdowns um it was actually the ultimate challenge my um I, I bought the building in 2019 and my grand opening was in October of 2019. So I was actually open for only six months before I was shut down in March um, for COVID. Um, I had quite a trajectory pre-closure though. I had a lot of classes going on. The building was divided into basically two parts. So I had a studio Um, We had meditation, nutrition, stretch classes, yoga, and things were really taken off. And then all of a sudden, everything just came to a complete halt. Um, I was closed for well over a year and uh, zero income. So I couldn't I couldn't operate at all. And Michelle, what what did what did people I'll call it in the know, whether it be politicians or or, or people making decisions, what were they telling you or telling you and anybody in your field really when you said, "Look, I need to make income," or "Hey, when can we open?" What were the responses like from people in in, in you know positions of power? We'll call them. Um, unfortunately, rather cavalier. Um, it is what it is. You know, you 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 have to stay closed. So how did you actually then, I mean, literally survive as a business owner that had the timing of, okay, you open Stretch Beyond Massage right before the COVID crisis hit? Obviously, no one could even think of that coming down the pipeline. So as as a woman and, and small business owner, what did you do to literally just survive? Well, unfortunately... Um I had to go on unemployment. I really didn't have any other option. Um, and outside of that, I, I just had to rely on savings, you know, and, and whatever I had gathered um, in the past, you know, until I was able to open again. And fortunately, um, I had enough of a following where people continued to call and they continued to remain loyal. Um, and they waited until I was able to open back up and they came back in force. Yeah, it's 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 good to hear that you were able to get people back. I think what's what's sad, Michelle, is for a lot of businesses, it was not easy, and a lot of them lost either their business or the majority of their clientele. Um, mm-hmm. I asked this before, and I'll ask it again. What would you have said to you know people making decisions about what they should have maybe done back in 2020 with people like you and businesses like yours instead of essentially just closing you guys down? Well, you know, they they did have procedures in place. You know, I I think they could have allowed us to continue to earn a living um, by following the sanitation and the safety procedures that that they put in place, number one. And number two, um, I I really took issue with the fact that um, the people that were in line for a lot of the help the the PPP loans and whatnot um, were the same people over and over 
and over again. That money was not handled fairly, um, and it, it it made some business owners rich, and others, you know, if they didn't have if they didn't have employees or you know they didn't have the right number on um, on the right line on their income tax, you know, they were just pushed to the side and told you know to figure it out. Um, that was very unfortunate. And I, I fell, I fell into that camp. You know, I didn't have the right number. I didn't have, I didn't qualify for PPP loans. I was overlooked for most things. It, it continues to happen to this day. And I've reached out to my local politicians and they're in agreement. They said that, you know, they're, they're aware that the same people are getting the quote unquote free money over and over again. So something really should be done about that. But you're, you're still working hard. You fought through it. So even on a personal level, do you feel as though there was light at the end of the tunnel that you did what you had to do to survive? You did what you had to do to claw and keep your business open. What life lesson did you learn when it comes to basically going through a personal and professional hell to where you are now, where your doors are still open? Um, the life lesson, I think, is um, if you do right by people, uh, they'll remain loyal to you. Uh, I was able to help a lot of people, and when I opened back up, they didn't show up singularly. They showed up with people that they were referring to me. So, the, you know, the good that I did for them really did return to me. I, 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 I it's hard. It's hard to fathom what what people like you went through, and and I'm not usually at a loss for words. That's not my thing because all I do is talk all day. But it, <laughs> it, it, I'm at a loss for words with with you and many others that we've spoken to today because it's it's heartbreaking, right? I mean, and and again, even if you were able to keep your business open, you just lost two years or three years or whatever it was of of clientele of of income and i hope people like mark polonkars i've said his name three times and i'll keep saying it i hope people like kathy hokel and and local representatives listen to stories like yours and understand what this truly does to people well to sweeten the pot um when i did reopen i I wasn't. I was not able to bring the classes back. Um, there were still too many restrictions. You know, they were requiring um, fitness professionals to do cardiovascular activities with a mask on, which it's not healthy. Um, so, rather than jeopardize anybody's health, I did away with classes altogether. So, at this point in time, I do have. I'm just going to throw this out there. I have a beautiful 450 square foot area. Um, that I'm looking to rent out. Um, I'd love to get a chiropractor in there, but if anyone's interested in that space, I'd love to show it to them. Um, additionally, last year I had cancer um, and I, I did beat cancer, but it prompted me to purchase a, um, a full spectrum infrared sauna, um, which I do have in the facility. And that's been something that I've been able to offer to the general public. Uh, Michelle, if I don't mean to cut you off, I have one of those great choice. That is fantastic. Good for you. (laughs) Those things are great. Yeah. Well, this is uh, Michelle Pusatier. And Michelle, where can people find Stretch Beyond Massage? Because we are encouraging our listeners to support you, support your small business. Where can they find you? Fantastic. I'm at uh, 3395 Orchard Park Road in Orchard Park. Um, 
I'm not too far from the Five Corners. It's a little log cabin. It's very hard to miss. And the phone number is 716-539-0300 if anyone would like to come in. Okay. Michelle, thank you so much. Michelle, keep fighting the good fight, and thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You got it. Just a, happy, New a, happy New Year to you, too. Hell of a thank lady. She beat cancer. She survived a COVID closure. Yep. Bouncing back. God bless her. She really is a great a great woman and a great business owner. And we only got about a minute left here but uh, on this segment, but I'll tell you, Stefan, I think that that's what bothers me so much, the people making these decisions when they close businesses down, when they told you you had to wear a mask, when they told you at a restaurant, you had to be sitting to take your mask off, but standing at the bar, you need your mask on. They don't realize the impact they have on so many people in the local area and the national level. I mean, but because of this show, they do. Yep. They're at least yep. getting a, a small slice of the, the suffering and the trials and the challenges that these small business owners are facing. And so hopefully this opens up the eyes of local leaders to say, you know what, maybe we'll think twice about acting the same way, considering now we can hear the real impact of these closures and doing business in New York State. All righty. We're going to come right back for our final segment today, folks. Again, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS, financial planning, home and auto insurance, life insurance, Medicare, group health insurance, uh, college planning, Social Security planning. If you need us, please reach out, folks. 833-FIN-GUYS. Find podcasts, radio shows, interviews, financialguysmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at FinGuys. We will be right back. All righty, folks. Welcome back. Financial Guys Media Network, Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu. Last guest, Stefan, last segment of the show. We have a uh, local store manager, Jim, here with us. He's going to tell us a little bit about not COVID now, Stefan. This is going to be about looting from the blizzard that just hit Buffalo. That's right. Jim is the manager of a store within the Queen City. Uh, and to protect the business and to protect him, we're not mentioning any identifying factors. Uh, but Jim has a story to tell uh, about looting for the sake of looting. Jim, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. Glad now, to be here. Now, just on background, we know that the place of business, there's nothing of value when it comes to keeping people alive. There's no baby formula, food, things of that nature. So how shocked were you to learn that your store was looted and basically ransacked and was the victim of a theft? To, to your point, I, I was pretty uh, shocked because there's, there's nothing in there that anyone would want or would be able to use. Um, it would have no value in that way to anyone. So what, what exactly, what exactly happened, Jim? What, what, where, how did you guys find out about this? Uh, you know, obviously most people weren't well, at their locations that day. Well, well, exactly. So I wasn't there. So I get a, a phone call from the alarm company that the, there was a, there was an alarm in progress that the, you know, front door was uh, breached and uh, there was a glass breakage and that there, there was motion in the building. Um, and, and then, you know, then other motion uh, sensors went off and triggered. And then after about three minutes, um, you know, it, it, the motion ended. But because of the fact that, you know, we all know what the weather was like um, and it, it was went down there uh, to secure the building. Uh, when we got down there, it was already like 37 degrees Um inside the building is a little bit of a drive. So boarded up the, the damaged door where the glass had, had been broken, you know, 
and, and reset the alarm and, and, and left. Um, and then later, later that evening, um, at, you know, about, because the first call came in at about, believe it or not, like at 11 a.m. So it was in the middle of the day when they first went in. And then the second alarm came in at about, you know, 10 o'clock at night, you know, kind of, kind of repeated the process, um, secured it, um, you know, even more. Um, so there couldn't be, a, you know, another break in. But the thing, thing of, it, of it was there was like nothing in there. And the only thing they tried to take uh, was a TV. Um, which was, you know, bolted to the wall, which, you know, they, they just ended up damaging the TV. They couldn't even take it with them. So they couldn't take the TV because, of course, people need a television set to feed their babies. It is essential. It is very essential. Things of that nature. Yeah. So what, what what is your reaction, though? Because, again, your store is in, within the Queen City that we hear so many wonderful stories of living up to the city of good neighbors, people helping other people during this blizzard. Just your reaction to the fact that individuals looted and stole at the store that you work at and there was nothing of value that could have been used to save someone's life or to feed a family well yeah i have two reactions one is you know both kind of saying when you're really upset because you know you know working there uh, you know a long time know a lot of people in the neighborhood and everyone you know, they help each other even you know they're helping shoveling they're helping push people out if there's a car stuck in the street you know we're down there helping and everyone is 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 you know really you know great and it's you know great to be around them and it, it's just and, and everyone knows it it's where we get upset is that because the people who are doing it know that they're not gonna get in trouble or believe that they'll never be held accountable so you know they, they do you know damage that is going to cost a lot to you know replace and repair and they're just you know doing it because uh they can get away with it and not only that for you know it, it gives the area a black eye. It makes it look bad when it's 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 not the case. It's just people being you know selfish and foolish. Jim, I think the thing that bothers me the most about it too, and and my business wasn't ransacked, so I'm not going to act like I I know the pain right now. But my problem is you're just going to have businesses that get up and leave, right? I have a client who pretty much said like if the place is destroyed the way I think it is, I'm not reopening, right? I mean that that's what's going to happen. If you continue to let this stuff go on, well, yeah, I mean, it's not a big secret. All business is there to, you know, make a profit and, and yes, serve your customers, um, but make a profit while you do it. And when you end up, you know, incurring, you know, massive costs that are totally unnecessary, um, it, it, it makes it a less you know, desirable place to, to want to do business because you, you, it's harder to make money in that situation. All right. That is Jim. He's the manager of a store within the Queen City that has zero value when it comes to food, diapers, formula, but still the victim of a crime. God bless you. Thank you for doing what you're doing, you know, working in the city and, and uh, you know, trying to provide a service. And it's unfortunate we're even talking about the fact that your store was basically looted or the a- attempt of a theft uh, during the blizzard by some really, really bad apples. And, and like I said, it's, it's just sad because, like I said, 99.9% of the people are awesome and great. And it's just a few idiots, you know, who uh, do this stuff. I was going to say knuckleheads, but idiots probably fits better. That's a good point. <laughs> right. and, and actually, actually, I'll say it. I, th- I think the mayor was right when, you know, people who are out there, you know, doing it at a time like this are just, you know, just, just uh, you know, the lowest, the lowest of the low. Yep. Amen to that. All right, Jim. Thank you. Hang in there, buddy. Thank you.
That's uh, that's quite the quite the lineup of guests we had uh, of just people going through it all, right? Trying to own a business, trying to manage a business, trying to do the right thing, trying to provide for their family, and to know if it's not one thing, Stefan, COVID, it's another thing in a blizzard or a hurricane or whatever, a winds, whatever it may be. The cost of doing business in New York State, yeah. you're getting decimated by the yeah. weather, by government. Yeah. You know, God bless business owners who are still here doing what they can yeah. to provide a service, whether it's providing a service in a blizzard or being shut down by COVID. Um, it just goes to show you how challenging it is in New York State. Yeah, and I, I hope I hope it gets better because New York can't lose any more taxpayer stuff on. They can't lose. I mean, a, a friend of the show, Ben Carlisle, he picked up and left. He, he's been on our podcast telling us things like that. You don't want to see that more and more and more, but the problem is you are seeing it more and more and more. And Jim, our last guest, mentioned uh, Byron Brown. I was in the city all week long, you know, especially towards the middle of the week. The streets were down to bare pavement, and I think he's doing a hell of a job. He is cool, calm, and collected during a crisis, and kudos to Mayor Brown and his entire team. All right, folks, that's almost it for us. I just want to let you know, thank you again for listening. If you want to hear more of these podcasts, radio shows, interviews that we're doing, events, Stefan, we've gone to events in the past, like the uh, Turning Point Student Action Summit, you can find all of that on the Financial Guys, excuse me, Financial Guys, no, the financialguysmedia.com. You can also check out our Twitter at FinGuys, Facebook and Instagram, the Financial Guys. If you need us throughout the week, 833 FinGuys, financial planning, Social Security planning, Medicare and health insurance, home and auto insurance, business owners insurance. Uh, college planning, 401ks, you name it. We're a one-stop financial shop. Please feel free. Give us a call, 833-FIN-GUYS. Any parting words? We'll literally see you next year. Yeah, Happy that's right. Happy New Year. That's right. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you had a great Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We look forward to 2023. We're hoping to do a lot of big things. Amen to that. All right, folks. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.